All right. Hey, Real Talk listeners, welcome to our next series. We are talking about, gosh, Michelle, we are literally having discussions about probably a controversial topic, but what's new? Like we always, I feel like, have some sort of controversial topic that we're discussing, but we are talking about roles and responsibilities within an organization or a level of hierarchy this series and how there can be potential abuse in power, which is super interesting. Um, And it comes off, we're coming off of our series right now where we talk about how, you know, HR is a critical component and critical role. And so I'm super stoked about this series because Michelle can contest I literally rant about this damn topic more than anything. It's crazy, right, Michelle? Like, I can't believe how it is crazy are like totally just oblivious to the fact that they need HR in their lives. Right. They need everybody that you know what that's going on a shirt too. everybody needs a little HR. But you know what? It's so true, Maria. And it's um, it's funny. I think that some people, and I'm going to credit my dad for this in me. Some people get that they are always accountable to someone. And I remember when I started working, like I started working right away. I, I was working before, before I probably should have been, right? And that was a long time ago, people. There were not child labor laws then. I'm telling you, I'm that old. But anyway, I remember my dad saying when I got my first promotion, I felt like super stoked. I was like, woo, I'm the boss, blah, blah, blah. And he said, listen, you are always accountable to someone in your life and in your career. It does not matter what your title is. You will always have someone that you're accountable to. Now, in my mind, that translated as you always have a boss. And I think that there are people who who are like, I'm at the top of the company or I'm at I'm in this political role where there isn't a lot of accountability about my comments. I'm not accountable to anyone there. No one is my boss. And while as a CEO, it fine. Let's imagine for a second you don't you're not publicly traded and you don't have a board of directors that can kick you out. Right. Let's just imagine for a second. You're still accountable to people. You're accountable to your employees. You're accountable to your customer base. They may not be your boss. They may not be able to tell you what your schedule is or how much money you're going to make. They may not be able to give you a raise each year, but you are accountable to someone. And I think, I believe the world would be a better place if we would remove that perception I made in my head where it was, you'll always have a boss. And if we replace that with you're always accountable to someone else because your actions will always impact someone else. So I feel like the world would just be a nicer place if everyone would be like, everything I do or say impacts someone else. But the truth is not all people feel that way, Maria. No, you know, it's unfortunate that that's kind of how the story goes in some case. You know, this idea of this series actually came from me watching the news 
and something happening with a politician and they have said the most absurd thing I have ever heard, which I mean, we all have listened to something that you're just like, hmm, it doesn't matter which side of the fence you are on in a political party. You're like, did that just come out of right. their mouth? And if it were in a company or an organization that truly held people accountable, like if you if this politician was a lower level leader in an organization and said something like that, like as a statement on a team meeting, that person would have been fired. Right. And so that's where it blows my mind, because politicians they don't have to like they don't have that standard like yeah people can go out massively and publicly and say some of the like tell people like you know that they shouldn't be in a seat anymore but like politicians and even c-level executives they can say some shit and if it doesn't get out too much like they literally can still keep their jobs unless Either like there's a public outrage from a political standpoint or like a board decides that this executive or or CEO and or founder of a company is, you know, uh, too uncredible from a PR perspective. And people do things like, oh, I'm not going to go, you know, purchase that product because that CEO said this. Right. Or and I've seen it happen, especially during like the uh George Floyd uh, protests as well, right? And the BLM whole movement that happened last summer. There was a, a CEO that came out and a founder and an owner of a popcorn company in Detroit. All of a sudden, he made a comment like, oh, like people are like over exaggerating the situation and blah, 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 right? Of course, white male owner, CEO, all of a sudden, like he gets dropped from like all of these, like, you know, different types of marketing and people don't want to buy his product. And then it, the, the company slowly tanks, but they're still open and he's still CEO and or owner of his company. He's probably just not making as much money as he did prior to making that statement. So, you know, this entire series, like, it just blows my mind, Michelle. Like, I'm excited to talk through some of the things that are critical and like some of the examples that have transpired because, like, literally, Michelle was like, Yes, let's do a series on this after she's like hearing my rant. And then she starts and like does research. And Michelle, I think you like Googled some sort of phrase and like you can Google something and like ridiculous crap pops up because this happens too often. And like, that's what we're talking about in the series is like, why do people say this and why do they still get to keep their position in power? It just blows my mind. Like, where is HR to hold them to policies and accountability? Right. Like or or listen to your PR person and shut your mouth. Like, I have no idea. Like, it just gets me so angry sometimes that like people can get away with saying the most absurd things and still be where they're at. You know, what? it's funny. I'd absolutely do the research and find this for you. Um, if you guys need it, but like, even with politics, I can promise you if it was an aide or an assistant that said something like the comment that you sent to me, it wasn't even, oh, there's a good reason or the, oh, like there was, I can't, oh, it was so bad. It was 
Trump-worthy bad. It was that bad. If that had been an aide in his department, I guarantee that that aide would be removed for tarnishing, for outspeaking the brand or, or speaking for the brand, if you will. So I think that's the thing that frustrates me is it the same as you. It's that it's a level of perceived power where you don't have, you're not held accountable and you don't have to behave a certain way. It's that mentality that I can get away with it. So what are we calling this series? Where was your HR person or everybody needs a little HR? That's what it's called. Everybody needs a little tenderness. I mean, HR. Like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, Marie and I chatted a couple times over this. And as um, I was talking about the things that I Googled, and guys, I'm not dumb. I know everything on Google is not real. So I made sure it came from a, re- um, a reputable site and um, made sure it was something that I could prove or validate factually. It is not Facebook posts, okay? But um, my jaw, I don't even have words because it was that bad. There was a CEO of an organization who... And I'm I'm not going to say I'm quoting him. This is definitely a paraphrase. But he basically said that the United States should close its borders and let everyone assimilate to a Western white English-speaking culture. Like, who, first of all, I know that there are people in the world that are just have a completely different opinion than me. I know that, right? But when you are the CEO of an organization, you have responsibly, how do you, how does, wow, I can't even find the words, <laughs> the weight of those people that work for you, like their lives are currently, I keep remembering the quote. I know I'm, I'm going in circles here, but it's because I'm dumbfounded by the stuff that I saw. Remember that quote, it's probably some superhero quote my niece would know, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. I think it's probably a superhero quote. But that's what I think about when I think about the power of these positions. You have responsibility for a group of people that work for you, for customers who have decided to invest in you or to support you, you have a responsibility, not just power. How do you say something like that? Like what could possibly be going through your mind where it's like, oh yeah, I could totally say that and everybody should just deal with it. But here's the thing. And it was from Marvel. I think it was the Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. Here's the thing with great power comes gigantic egos and levels of people thinking that they are above the law. They are above everything and anything. I've seen people get to a level and just that one quick change from going to 
mid leadership or or senior leadership to an executive and their egos and their narcissism and everything just changes about them and they have no idea. I'm not saying it happens to everybody, but it does happen. And I think with great power comes gigantic egos like you're above the law, you're above everything. It's it just it blows my mind sometimes. And I really feel like that is so there's a couple things that we're going to do in this series. We're not just going to talk about people who made mistakes because guys type into Google worst leaders of and put in a year and you will get a crap ton um, (laughs) of news sources that tell you things that you could not possibly believe happened like someone who actually said he would shoot the president of the United States on social media. Like you are going to get the lamest stuff. Lame's not even the word. You're going to get, you're going to be like me right now, speechless at the idea. But really the point of this episode is to talk about how you build foundational relationships and trust and you find an HR person that you care and that you trust and that you respect who will give you good advice. You know, there was actually one um, news article that I read where it said HR told them it was a bad idea and he did it anyway. And I'm like, some things are not a bad idea. Some things should just come with a note. Like if an employee comes to me and says, hey, Jessica's getting on my nerves. I think during lunch, I'm going to have everybody give her the cold shoulder. I'd be like, no. Or Jessica's pissing me off. I think what I'm going to do is tag her car with graffiti that she's mean. The answer wouldn't be, I think that's a bad idea. The answer would be, no. If you put things on her car to publicly shame her, you will be fired and potentially charged with a crime. Okay. So no. Um, (laughs) So we really want to talk. No, we really just want to talk about how you as a budding power C-suite leader or politician how you surround yourself with the right people who are going to be there to support you and keep you from effing yourself up. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so yeah, that's, that's an important piece. And Michelle, I want to talk to you about, I want you to talk to the listeners too, because I I know you're personally, like you're, you're pretty passionate about this, but like, I just found the article that I sent you that like really created this series. And it was, not an article. It was a comment on Twitter. And feel free, like I said, I'm not uh, political one way or another on any side of any political fence, but this did come from a politician. And they literally typed on Twitter, I've decided to, quote unquote, identify as Chinese. Now, let me tell you, this person's white male. So they're making a joke. I decided to, quote unquote, identify as, as Chinese. Coke will like me. Delta will agree with my quote unquote values. And I'll probably get shoes from Nike and tickets to MLB games. Ain't America great? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Right. So, Michelle. Right. 
I think it's important. You are super passionate about personal leadership brand, like, and, you know, your business brand, like talk to the listeners about why that's so critical. Okay. So because everything that happens out of my mouth starts with a story, (laughs) this one is going to have a story too. Sorry, guys. Sorry, not sorry. So this particular philosophy, it actually started, and I want to give credit to who deserves it. Um, So there are a couple of individuals that wrote a book called The Leadership Challenge. We've talked about Kuz's Imposer a couple of times on this show, but it was when I had the opportunity, I worked for an organization that taught leaders their five principles. And um, in order to teach it, you had to dive in and really learn it. And the first principle is model the way. And it's interesting when you ask people what model the way means, they give you the best, most practical answer possible. And it's so lame, I can't stand it. They go, don't ask others to do what you wouldn't do. Yeah, that's part of it, right? But for Kuz's Imposer, what they found was it had to step back a little bit. And so they talked a lot about how when you accept a job, particularly in a leadership role, the first thing that you have to do is find out what the values of that organization are. How do they choose to behave? What do they do every single day? And then you have to look at your own personal values. What do I believe? And you have to ask yourself, do these two things align? Or at the very minimum, do they not conflict? Because guys, you always get to have your personal values, but the minute someone else pays you, they are paying you to live and behave based on their values. So if you want to layer your values on top of theirs because they don't conflict, that's fine. I actually have 12 personal values. That is way too many. No one should ever have that many values, but I do. Now for our organization, for Real Talent, we have six. If we hired someone who maybe had a value of... um, I feel like ours really cover a lot of stuff, so I can't come up with something different. But they had an extra value that we didn't have in our business. Maybe their value was, I need to make a crap ton of money. That's fine. It doesn't conflict with any of our values. They could just layer that one on top, right? But the expectation is that they behave at minimum based on our six values, That's what Model the Way is about because it's not until you align who you are and who you show up as with what the company expects from you, that's when your walk and your talk and your stories and your inspiration, that's when it all aligns and makes sense. Now, the the biggest problem is most people have never bothered to define what their personal leadership brand is. They've never sat down and said, here's what I want to be known for. Here's what I want people to think about when they look at me. So that's going to be one of the problems, right? Is that you haven't even defined it for yourself. Those are the moments that people behave out of character. Those are the moments when people do things 
that may be misaligned with their goals because they haven't aligned their values with their goals. And I'm going to pause for a second. For those of you who are like, I'm sick of people talking about values. Values are basically just core things that help you make decisions on how to behave in the absence of rules or policies. There are so many things in a company that can't be defined to the letter. And so what you have to do is give your employees a series of values. And maybe those values for most companies, it's we take care of each other. So something around employees, um, teamwork related. We take care of our customers. We take care of the business. So financially related. We support the community. There could be a community value. And so if I am then put in front of a situation where I have to make a split second decision and there are no policies in place around it, I can ask myself, is this right for my peers? Is this right for the company? Is this right for my customers? Is this right for my community? Yeah, I don't think it hurts any of those things. Okay, this is the decision that I'm going to make. That's the whole point of knowing who you are and who you want to be seen as. Now, when it comes to C-level executives and or politicians, here's the challenge that you face. There's a certain level within an organization where you become bigger than your brand. Actually, in some companies, you truly become the brand. So even if you have mission, values, vision for the organization, you are perceived as such a level that the way you behave is an absolute reflection of your business brand. Here's how I know this. I've gone into dozens of organizations and I've talked to people and I've heard them either get really excited when an executive is coming to visit. Oh my God, guess who's coming? Guess who's coming? Oh my God. At Wendy's, everybody was always excited when Todd Pentagor was coming to visit their restaurants. They were stoked. Maybe the manager was stressing because they wanted to make sure it was clean, but people were like, oh, he's coming and we get to talk to him. And then I've been in organizations where fear happens because of that. But whether it's whether it's excitement or fear, the thing that that proves to us is that people perceive you different. People see you bigger. So when you do stuff, I hate to tell you, could be your personal opinion, you might think you're separating it from the brand of your business, but you're not because you are the business at that point. Also, you might also be thinking, I'm not the founder. I'm just the CEO 65 years later. Todd Pentagor is another example I'm going to use. He didn't start the Wendy's company. In fact, he's a dozen CEOs later, right? But when employees see him coming, when employees see him post stuff on social media, they see that as a reflection of the company, not of Todd, of the company. 
And so guys, you've got to find someone that you trust, whether you're a politician or an executive, find someone you trust that is willing to let help you walk your own brand identity while protecting the identity that touches the business. Last thing I promise we am going to shut up. I know I had a lot to say because um, politicians are considered people of service. We live in a country where we seem to separate them somehow when we're talking about work. Guess what, guys? It's a freaking job. It's a job. They get paid to do it. They do or do not show up. There are activities that they have to do. So just because you happen to be in a position of service, lots of people are, it's still a job, which means that you still have a responsibility to that brand. And that brand is how you get to make money. Okay, I'm done. Rant over. <laughs> I don't think there's any more anything else more to say to that. I think um, we're going to keep Michelle's energy and momentum and passion about this up. So we're going to continue um, through our series talking about a various number of, of things. Next episode, we're going to talk about preparing for roles. And then we're going to talk about more about HR and how those relationships work in the next uh, couple of episodes. So stay tuned for Michelle's passion because it's not gone. Her fire is there. We will continue to keep that fire going and that energy. And again, whatever you're hearing out of this, whether you're an HR person, apply it to your business leaders as even if you're training and development, right, part of HR, how do you apply that motto and that 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 development towards the leaders that you support? How, as an HR business partner, do you help build those relationships? Again, more to come. As a leader, if you're listening to this, a leader in an organization or an executive, if you are listening to this, stay tuned. Listen to the small nuances. Step out of your, you know, day-to-day chaos for one moment, listen to this, and listen to some pieces that you could make an impact on. So stay tuned. More Michelle Fire coming on Real Talk. So talk to you soon, everyone. Bye. Bye.